Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem Power Word Series, Shear number 19. We're going to talk about creativity that's within every person and how when you insult people and put people down, it destroys their creativity. Nothing destroys creativity like unkind criticism or insults. If a person has a creative tendency, you try to encourage it, not to discourage it. Very often in children, in in teenagers, there's a tremendous amount of creativity and we need to encourage it and channel it in a healthy way, but not to crush it. Whether it's a talent for music, for art, for poetry, for anything. Even if the present creative ideas is impractical, be supportive of the attempts to be creative. When you nurture it, you help him grow in many, many ways. And if you need to voice a constructive criticism, you do it with a chachma and with a seichel and with consideration. Don't say, oh, another crazy idea of yours, you're wasting your time, or you have a weird imagination, or you're daydreaming too much, you know, live in the real world, you'll never get anywhere, you really don't have creative talent, it's all in your imagination, all these negative things, not to say anything like that, but rather to encourage it. It's wonderful that you're so creative. All you need to do is channel your creativity in a positive way. You'll be able to accomplish great things. And since you have a desire to be creative, consult some successful creative people for ideas on how you can utilize your creativity in positive ways, how to bring it down in a concrete way. Very often, this is the clash between an older generation and a younger generation. A big muscle I heard is as follows. That we need the youth. The older generation makes a mistake in discounting the youth because of their inexperience, because of their impulsivity, that they're no good, troublemakers, whatever it is. That's not a healthy approach. And again, the young people have a disdain for older people in their direction that they could guide a person and in their wisdom. And the youth rejects it, and they need each other. The best analogy that I heard that explains this is a fire in a fireplace. The youth are like a fire. The creativity is like a fire. If, it's, if it gets spread out beyond the fireplace into the rooms, it could burn the whole house down. It could be very destructive. But there's nothing more beautiful than a fire within the fireplace that gives out warmth in the cold winter and heat in the cold winter and light in the dark nights. There's nothing more beautiful than a fire in a fireplace. The elderly, the wise, the experienced, they are like that fireplace that contains the fire. It's telling the youth, fire, don't lash yourself out. Don't extinguish yourself. You, we need your fire, but you need, you need it in a controlled way, in a fireplace. That's where it's beautiful. You spread it out to places, other places, it could destroy, it could burn, it could be destructive. But at the same time, if you don't have that fire, what's a fireplace without a fire? A cold, cold, cold home in darkness. That's not what we want. So we need to basically combine work together, the fire of the youth and the wisdom of the 
elderly and experienced combined to have that fire in the fireplace. So this is the same idea. When you see children that have a creativity, a lot of times children that seem to be troublesome behaviorally in their earlier years ends up, when you channel it right, accomplishing tremendous things in their, when they're older, in the 20s, 30s, and beyond. So that is the concept of being careful. You can't, shouldn't really insult anybody at any time. Not to cause pain to anyone else with words, but especially when a child or teenager is a sensitive person and has a lot of creativity when, within them, the, the insults and criticism could crush them, while positive approach of channeling it and praising it and encouraging it, just encouraging them to do it in a healthy way, that could be a lifesaver. That could actually transform a person, bringing out their best potential. Now, another concept similar to this is the correlation between criticism and love. When you truly love someone, then your criticism or whatever motivation you need to correct that person whom you love needs to flow from a sincere concern for that person's welfare. And even then, you have to be careful how to, how to word your critical remarks. It's not always appropriate to deliver the criticism. Your wording, whatever wording you choose, needs to be a reflection of your love. Don't allow your criticism to become from a feeling of frustration. You need to calm that frustration first. Because if you don't, then the message will come across as being angry. The message will be of anger, not of love even though you love the person. But if the frustration comes out, the message will be delivered in a way that the person who is receiving it perceives anger, not love. If you have other motives besides love when you criticize someone, that person will feel that the love is missing. That's why the big tzaddikim that loved Klai Yisrael, that tried to be makariv, Yidin, that were not yet Shemar Shabbos, or not yet keeping Taras HaMeshpacha, or not yet eating kosher, they made sure that whatever type of constructive instruction they are giving them, it's out of love. Because if the recipient sees that the love is missing, it won't be receptive. They'll feel it. If they feel, if they could sense when the person telling them about keeping Shabbos and Kosher and Taras HaMeshbacha, they could tell if that person who is saying this really loves them or they just want to score brownie points with God uh, to get someone else to keep Shabbos. Usually it doesn't work that way. You have to love the person themselves together with the love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as a fire, as one, in order to relay in a positive way that person to be motivated to be Mishayim Shabbos or to keep more mitzvahs. When the criticism comes from sincere love, it could be delivered in a way that doesn't even feel like criticism. You know, someone says you must be hungry. You haven't had anything for seven hours. Do me a favor and take a bite. That doesn't sound like criticism. It shows that he's concerned about his wealth and health and welfare. That's the way you express all types of criticism. That the person get, getting the message sees that you want him to succeed spiritually, 
financially and emotionally in all areas of life. So when you want to be Makar, someone to do mitzvahs, keep mitzvahs, and keep Shabbos, and keep Taras HaMeshbacha or Kashras, it needs to stem from a true love. They are interested in the person in all aspects of their lives, financially and spiritually, but also physically, making sure they're taken care of. That's such an important aside. And whenever you see more mindless in that person, the more positive you will feel towards him and the more he'll reciprocate back to you, that sincere love. Because it's unselfish, it's unconditional. That feeling transfers to the other and they reflect it back to you. So it's very, very important. You would, could try to imagine that someone would tell it to you. How would you want it be said to you? What type of expression in their face would you want them to have when they're giving it to you? And the key is really not to fake this love. It can't be insincere. It can't be phony. People need to work on themselves to actually feel that greater love for the other person that they're trying to help. And that when they do that, then the criticism won't feel like criticism. The wording will be proper and it will feel like love. And they'll accept that. So again, the importance of not insulting people that could bash their creativity and their drive. And when you need to say something, do it out of love, out of true, sincere desire to help the other person. Bracha and